2: Don't have time to go on SoCal Live today? Leave Scott a voicemail at 213-537-3812. That's 213-537-3812.
1: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. This is hour two. We're on each and every day, each and every weekday from 3 to 5. Always great to be with you. And on Friday, we do open phone Friday. Any subject that you want to call about, today is the day that you can call and change the subject, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557 is the number. You can send me an email also at SoCalLive at KKLA.com, SoCalLive at KKLA.com, 888-LA-TALKS is that number. Have you noticed that the gas prices have shot up like crazy this week? Just like if you haven't got gas, if you don't have a uh, commute, if you don't get gas very often and you haven't let's say you haven't got gas for a week. Well, one week ago, gas prices were about 60 plus 61 cents less than they are today in a week. They've gone up that much, according to AAA averages Uh, a month ago. If you don't drive very much, uh, they've gone up over a dollar just in the last month you know they were going down you know for a while there and uh it's skyrocketed the current average in california is six dollars and 29 cents uh in los angeles county it's six dollars and 39 cents orange 639 in san diego 633 i think san Diego's normally a little bit more expensive so you're saving a nickel from everybody north of you down there in san diego it uh, looks like the most expensive in the state, you're going to find uh, $6.91 in Mono County. That's a little bit uh, northeast of Fresno, $6.87 uh, in Humboldt. There's, It's gotten very, very expensive. It's gone up uh, 11 cents last night, 15 cents the night before, and the... Oil companies are saying that there is some kind of problem with the manufacturing of it, and uh, people aren't always buying that excuse. And Governor Newsom had this to say, uh, as he also made some announcements and reminding you that he's sending you a bunch of money uh, here uh, in, the next, in the coming weeks. Here's uh, what the governor said today.
3: Gas prices in California have increased by a record 84 cents per gallon in just over one week. That's a $2.50 difference compared to U.S. prices. It just doesn't add up. The degree of diversions from the national prices has never happened before. And oil companies, they provide no explanation. The fact is, they're ripping you off. Their record profits are coming at your expense that's why today I'm calling for a windfall tax to ensure these profits go directly back to help millions of Californians who are paying for this oil company extortion. In addition, earlier today, I directed the Air Resources Board to make an early transition to our winter blend gasoline. This should immediately increase supply and result in savings, savings of up to 25 cents per gallon within the next two weeks. And starting next week, millions of you, millions of Californian families will receive up to $1,050 in tax refunds to help offset rising costs. We're not going to stand by, stand by while greedy oil companies fleece Californians.
1: All right. So that was uh, in part a uh, announcement from the governor. It was kind of a campaign speech also. And, uh, you know, oil companies are given some excuse for it. The, the manufacturer of Uh, gasoline. Apparently there's something going on in the refineries and they they say they will work that out. But it's true. It is the price of gas is going up nationally. So it's Going up much faster in California, but the national average has actually gone up quite a bit. It's gone up uh, about 79 cents over the past uh, few days also. So he's not exactly right by saying it's just California, but it has gone up uh, dramatically here. And um, he mentioned a few different things, changing the formula. I guess there's a winter gas formula. It has to do with the air quality. It's kind of a smoggy day in uh, Los Angeles today. Um, haven't seen it this smoggy in a while. Um, And then he mentioned the the tax refund you're going to get. So if you forgot about this last spring, the governor Newsom uh, approved with the the state house a tax refund. It's basically a gasoline refund or an inflation refund. I think they called it an inflation refund at the time. Uh, California has a surplus, um, depending on how you calculate it. We've got a surplus in the state budget. So you're getting a tax refund. I'm not entirely against the tax refund. I am a I I don't think it's helpful at all it's it's driving the inflation to uh, when the federal government is just printing money, essentially, and uh, going into debt. That's why we keep having this inflation, why it's out of control. I, some economists d- would disagree. A lot of economists, in fact, have said that no governors like Newsom who are handing out cash as refunds are also increasing the inflation. That's possible, but it is a little bit different because, to me, it sounds like if we have a surplus in the state, then you and I have paid too much in tax, and they should give it back. You know, I have that attitude about it. So I'm not against the the tax refund uh, per se. I don't want it if it is increasing inflation because I don't I don't think that helps. In fact, then you just pay it back, right? That's what inflation does. Is it, uh you think you're getting a bunch of cash from the government, but if inflation goes up, then you just pay it back in other ways. Here's here's what you can expect. Okay, so a couple of things you're going to get in the mail from uh, the government in California. Uh, you're going to get your uh, your ballot for the midterm elections starting next week. In fact, early, early voting begins, not next week, in two weeks, almost two weeks, a oh, week and a half, 10 days, October 10th, you can start. And uh, I've joked, but I thought, I wonder if Governor Newsom is going to include the refund check in the same envelope as your ballot. Nice little letter. Here's your refund check signed. Governor Newsom, by the way, I'm on line one. So fill in the little circle. We're almost there with our politics because he could have sent this money out last spring when we needed it and uh, when we had the same problem with the high gas prices. But they waited until the same, literally the same period of time when the ballots are coming out. That's when you're going to get your checks. I, I'm sorry, I'm a little cynical about the timing of that and the whole notion of uh, buying off your vote. But I do know that it's going to help you. So here's the uh, here's here's what you're going to get back in what's being called tax refund. Um, this is what it is. Um, not everybody will qualify, but most Californians will qualify. Okay. There's three different tiers based on your adjusted gross income on your 2020 taxes. So it has nothing to do with your 2021 taxes. It's your 2020 taxes. As long as you filed a return, if you didn't file a return, you're getting nothing. Um, you should go file a return. Uh, if you made some money and you need to, then you should do that. Um, And if you didn't file a return because you didn't have a job, I guess you won't be getting the the refund. So you should know that. In addition to meeting those income requirements, residents must have filed their 2020 tax refund uh, by October 15th, 2021. You have to have lived in the state for at least half of the 2020 tax year and uh, still be California residents. And then here's how it breaks down. Okay, single taxpayers who earned less than seventy five thousand dollars and couples who filed jointly and made less than $150,000 in 2020, you're going to receive $350 per taxpayer, I think in your household or whoever's on that return, and another flat $350 uh, if you have any dependents. So unlike some of the other, um, the COVID handouts that we got, this time uh, you're not getting extra money per kid. Okay, so you only get credit for one kid or one dependent. But if you are married and you file jointly, then you're going to get $1,050. All right. Uh, it's kind of like a game show now. No, what will you get? And, and they come out and they say, well, if you're married and you file jointly and you have at least one child, you will receive $1,050. And uh, so that's going to be a lot of people. You're going to get $1,050. That's the largest amount. So nobody's getting more than that. Somebody a while ago told me they thought they were getting $4,000 or some huge amount. You're not. Uh, that was incorrect. And I think they uh, put like a trip to Hawaii on their Visa card because of that. They thought they'd get paid back. Not a good financial policy there. Uh, individual filers who made between seventy five thousand and one hundred and twenty five thousand and couples who earned between one hundred and fifty and two hundred and fifty will receive two hundred and fifty dollars per taxpayer plus another two hundred and fifty dollars if you have any dependents if that's you the most you're going to get is seven hundred and fifty dollars and then individual filers who earn between one hundred and twenty five and two hundred and fifty thousand or couples two hundred and fifty to five hundred thousand uh, you get two hundred dollars each uh, and if you got a kid uh $600 is the most. If you made $500,000 last year, do you need the state to give you $600? Just just a thought. I don't know. Uh it's a tax refund. I mean, you paid more taxes, so I guess everybody everybody gets to be a part of that. Uh if you earned if you're single and you earned more than $250,000 or couples earned more than $500,000, uh you will not get anything. So that's that's coming here pretty soon. Uh I read you should get it um in the next uh, sometime before the end of October probably i think if you filed it if you did your taxes and uh, you got a refund before from california and they have your bank account information it's just going to go right into your bank <laughs> um and but i did read by the way that some people won't get it until uh maybe the end of january so i'm not sure what the delay is my guess is that's people who get a paper check or people who um maybe your your tax um, filing from 2020 still hasn't been completed. There's, there's some complications for some people. Anyway, that's coming. What do you think about that? Is that a good thing? Uh, gas prices? You got certain things on your mind? Today, we'll talk about anything you want. 888-528-2557 is the number if you want to call and join the conversation, or it's open line Friday... You can call about anything you want. We'll change the subject, and uh, sometimes that changes the entire course of the conversation. Other times, uh, we'll just go back to what we were talking about before, but if you've got a Bible question, a question about something in your life, or a comment you want to make, today's a great day for it, 888-528-2557. Maybe you didn't get through uh, earlier this week. We had a lot of calls on a couple of different days, and we can bring those topics back up if you want to, Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. You can also email me at soCal Live at KKLA.com. dot com. Let's go to Anna in Alhambra. Welcome to Southern California Live. Oh hi. Hi Anna. Thanks for holding.
4: Oh, thanks for having me. See, this is the problem that I that I see. People are absolutely spoiled. They have been spoiled for too long. We pray for people constantly that we shouldn't be praying for. There are many other areas, like myself. Well, who, who, are many who should we not be praying people? for? Um, I think that people should take responsibility to pray for themselves, actually. If you are a capable body, you should pray for yourself. I should not be responsible for praying for you, and you're not going to change. I have a couple of uh, causes that I pray for. I pray for the voiceless primarily. Right now, Ukraine, he is a voiceless people right there.
1: You pray for the voiceless. we got we
4: got uh, people with disabilities right here in the United States of America. We should be praying for them. We should be praying for the children, for the unborn children. We should be praying for the ones that we are killing, and we shouldn't be killing. And I'm grateful that that thing was overturned, the law, was overturned, but Ro we need to do a whole lot more for the voiceless. For the voiceless, primarily, we should be praying for the voiceless. It's too many that are voiceless. Mm. Uh, for example, our veterans are voiceless. Many of them, they come back with traumatic brain injuries. They will never be the same. They come back also, also with uh, also with problems, mental problems. Our veterans. Yeah. We should be praying for them also as well
1: there's a in whole lab, yes. Yeah, you know I think that uh you know I would say that we we the scriptures are very clear that we need to always pray for each other. Okay? So we do have that responsibility even for somebody who we think is spoiled and you might be right. But then we should pray that they would get through it. But you are right to also point out that we need to be praying for people in all these different groups the voiceless. Um that is a huge mm-hmm. deal in scripture. And mm-hmm. you know, do you feel like uh, do you go to church somewhere, Anna? Absolutely. Do you have a prayer meeting at your church or a prayer list, some, some organized way of prayer?
4: I always have a I always have a list, and it's a different list every week. And I have a standard, the standards for the voiceless. I always pray for the voiceless. I always pray for the unborn because we have killed, Do you know that we have killed 64 million of our citizens since 1973 when this law was established, this terrible, terrible law. And we were careless in our behavior. We did not look out for the unborn child. We are not looking out for our senior citizens also as well, because we got too many senior citizens and common lesson homes that no one visits them. Since coronavirus was established, and we couldn't go to those places and stuff like that, but the liquor stores are open twenty four seven. But Las Vegas was open twenty four seven. What's wrong with that? Yeah.
1: Well, we it's we are
4: absolutely wrong.
1: Yeah, it is wrong. I, Anna, I appreciate uh, your call and bringing this up. I would encourage you to keep praying for everyone. Um, but thank you for the encouragement to speak up, especially for those who cannot speak for themselves. Proverbs 31, 8, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Um, and you know, you're know, you right too about the, the convalescent homes. People who are in those homes are suffering. We have a guest coming up uh, uh, hopefully here pretty soon who invites people to come in and befriend people in nursing homes because so many people who are in these homes, nobody visits. And so, and it was worse during the COVID that no one was allowed to visit, but even before that, some people never get visitors. And uh, that's a that's a horrible thing. Um, Proverbs 31, nine, the following verse, speak up and judge fairly, defend the rights of the poor and the needy. This is who we are to be about. Sometimes I'll hear people say, well, I don't have enough to pray about. There is so much to pray about, as Anna was listing a whole lot of different things right there in just a moment. Uh, veterans, uh, unborn children, children, people without a voice, people suffering from war around the world. There is a lot uh, for us to pray about, and the scriptures are very clear that we should be praying often. And, you know, and the uh, abortion issue, we've talked about it on our show, Proposition 1, we need to pray for a no vote on that. And um, Proposition 1 would open up the door, would, would, would legalize late-term abortions in California. They're not currently legal, Actually, uh, in California, you after 24 weeks or viability, which most people agree is 24 weeks, uh, abortions cannot be done for any reason. It has to be life of the mother or an extreme reason. The constitutional amendment that's on the ballot here would eliminate all the restrictions and abortions would be legal all the way up until birth. And that needs to be voted down 80 percent. According to a recent poll, 79 percent of Californians do not agree. 79% of Californians do not agree with late-term abortions. Most Californians agree with abortion if you just do it that way, that's what the polls say, but almost 80% do not agree with late-term abortions. And it raises a lot of questions. We're going to get into that in other episodes of the show for why um we're being asked to legalize that here in California. There's an interview I did with uh, Pastor Jack Hibbs on that subject. If you go to the KKLA website, uh, it might be on the KPRZ website as well. Just click on the Know on One banner and scroll down. You'll see that interview and get some information on that if you're interested. It's open phone Friday, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Victoria in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live.
4: Hi. Hi.
1: How you doing? I'm good. How are you, Victoria? Thanks for calling.
4: Good. Thank you. Um, yes, I just had a comment, a quick comment about the last that said we're not responsible to pray for one another. Actually, that's anti Bible. All through the Bible. Mm-hmm. It talks about being our brothers keeper. Paul prayed for the body of Christ. You know, we are responsible. That's part of our interconnection with the body of Christ and um, I don't think we ever get so close to Jesus that we can say, "I don't need the body of Christ. I don't need to pray for my brother and my sister." That's just
1: yeah. It's, it's I, I not mentioned Bible, that. And, I don't know if you were able to hear it. I did mention that to her, and uh, I think she's just got a lot of frustrations with maybe we pray a lot for people who don't seem to change, but we we can't give up on that. And, Amen. you know, we can't. James five sixteen. therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. You know, this whole passage is about prayer. And, you know, the interesting thing about the reason we pray for each other in the James passage is not just about healing. the The reason for healing, the reason we pray for each other is so that we get back out on the field of doing the work of the Lord so that we are not right. useless, that we're not benched because of illness or other things, right? The, you know, because the best thing for us would be to go to heaven and be with Jesus. That's, you know, to die is gain. But in the meantime, while we're living, we want to pray that each other has a great testimony. And, and you know, the, the reason you pray for the spoiled person or the person you don't think is going to get it or the person who's messed up is because what an amazing testimony and ministry they have when they turn around and repent and give their life to Jesus. It's powerful.
4: Exactly, I completely agree with that. everything you said is right spot on, and that's truth. You're speaking the truth,
1: yeah, so let's keep praying for each other. I do think she makes a good point. Thank you for your call, Victoria. I do think she makes a good point. There's a lot of a lot of prayers that we don't make very often, especially for the voiceless, especially for people hurting you know it's uh it's something in you know in your your church prayer time or in your prayer list, you know what I would suggest that you you check to see if it's there or add to it. You certainly want to pray for each other and people who are sick, and you want to visit people and who are sick or people in prison. All that is is magnificent. It's, it's what the scriptures tell us to do. But also, we should be praying for people's salvation. Does your church prayer list or prayer meeting, do you pray for the salvation of other people? Do you pray for the repentance of other people or the repentance of the church? All of those things are... Uh, important and the and the prayer for the voiceless you know there are the prayer for people around the world who are suffering from war or famine or disease uh, there is there 's a lot going on it 's open phone friday Southern california live five two eight two five five seven is the number. You can also send an email to southern california socal live socal live at kkLA Dot com if you happen to be in the Los Angeles area and uh, you need some some help financially help in managing your money not not a handout you 're going to get that from the Governor, but if you want to know what to do with a thousand dollars you might get from the Governor, then I would encourage you to attend a free seminar tomorrow it 's from ten to noon at uh core church los angeles it's called the disciplines of money management and you'll be able to learn how to take control of your financial future i'll be there for that there's a lot of guests who will be really helping people make some good decisions uh, that you might need to make right now is it better to rent or buy a house Uh, should you purchase or lease a car um how's the best way to use credit cards lots of things that matter especially you know at any time i think they matter But if you're struggling in that area, we've got some help for you. Just go to kkla.com if you'll be in the LA area tomorrow, October 1st, 10 to noon. Go to kkla.com, click the banner Disciplines of Money Management. I'll come back for your phone calls in just a moment. The number is 888 528 2557. It's Open Line Friday. (laughs) Anything you want to talk about, we will talk about that. 888-528-2557. I'm Scott Furrow. I'll be back as the Friday edition of SoCal Live continues.
2: This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812.
1: Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. It is Open Line Friday take your calls on anything that you would like to talk about. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557, email SoCalLive at KKLA.com. Let's go to Martha. Martha, welcome to Southern California Live. Martha, turn your radio down.
3: About. The number is eight eight eight.
1: All right Martha, I'm gonna come back to you. Turn your radio down and we'll come back to you in just a minute here. Uh Michael and Encino, welcome to Southern California Live.
5: I'm here, my radio's off. Okay. All right. I called yesterday but I missed you because you you're shutting down at five PM. Oh yeah. The group the group I talked about was called Roxy Music.
1: So yesterday we were talking about I asked the question on the show, uh what's the best music? And yeah, that was at
5: Roxy Music, fiftieth anniversary coming up right now. They're all live, none of them passed away yet, and then Moody Blues was the other group I was interested in, two power groups from the 70s, and so they're going to be at the Forum, Roxy Music, all five members, whatever, and Brian Ferry had an article in the LA Times about the group, about his creativity as a you know band leader so um all right that's why I called yesterday and I missed you on the connection so uh, oh
1: okay yeah sorry that didn't come through but you sound good today michael thank you for for listening uh to southern california live yeah yesterday we had uh, we talked about some of the controversies in the news and we talked about uh a few different things. And we said, what's the best music? And people had really interesting perspective on that. I really enjoyed that conversation yesterday. Thanks for calling back. It's open phone Friday. Anything you want to call about? If you want to change the subject, you got a Bible question, something you want to comment about in the news, you can give me a call right now. 888-528-2557. David in Culver City. Welcome to Southern California Live.
6: Hey, Scott. Thanks for taking my call again. I appreciate it.
1: You're welcome, David. Um,
6: You know, I wanted to make a comment that we should be praying for our government.
1: Yeah.
6: Because who else would be able to help the people in Florida? Nobody Mm. has the the resources on a scale that's going to be required to help Florida. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting to hear DeSantis, and I think rightly so, praising Biden and praising the government for what they're doing. But think back to 2017 when there were hurricanes in New York. DeSantis, as a congressman, voted against the government providing aid to New York during the very same circumstances. So, you know, I think we should also all be behind our government and be behind our government when it helps people.
1: Yeah, we David, need the government. appreciate your call. David, you know, in the first hour, I don't know if you were able to listen. We talked a lot about praying for our government, why we need to do that. It had more to do with... Uh, situations in Europe uh, and uh, Putin's comments and things. But it's very, very important. Thank you, David, for your call and to be praying for the things that government really does. Um, And there were these pictures, and I don't know anything about what DeSantis might have done in 2017, so I can't comment on that. Um, But it is right that uh, DeSantis and President Biden and the administration are getting along through this. That's how it has to happen, even though they're on different sides of the aisle. I was impressed by uh, the fact that there were these pictures of about 40,000 – I wasn't sure if it was 40,000 trucks or just 40,000 electric workers, but they were lined up somewhere ready to go in as soon as the storm passed. It's an incredible photograph, and I believe that there were around 2.5 million people without power, and the last I checked, that was down under 200,000 that fast. And when I see all that destruction on there, that's a – that's pretty impressive. So good for those people and everybody who is organizing it. You know, this is what, this is what government is for, uh, doing this stuff. So it's always good when it, is, um, when it is efficient, and we need to keep praying because that's heading into uh, the Carolinas right now. We want them to do well. 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. It's open phone Friday. We'll talk about whatever is on your mind. Ted in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live.
5: Good afternoon, uh, Scott, Ted, City Angels. Uh, I want to touch on that subject on the music, and I I hope and pray that Elvis Presley is going to be singing up there because he put his job on the line and demanded Mm -hmm. that he warmed up with Christian music, even though Hollywood pressured him. And he said, no, we will warm up every time with Christian music before he sang whatever he was going to sing for them. And he set an example that you don't put money before his faith. And also, I would love to hear Whitney Houston with the National Anthem. She came out of the church, and I just Mm -hmm. love all the great singers that came out of the church.
1: Yeah, thank you. That's all I wanted to say. Thank you, Ted. Appreciate that call. Uh, You know, Elvis Presley has even a a gospel album. Uh, I have it. And the reason I have it is because it's a funny thing is, you know, I did a lot of funerals, uh, a lot of funerals, and— You know, I'll sit with the family and I'll say, well, what kind of music did they like? And we'd kind of learn those things. And and there's one family in particular, and they were the person who died. He was almost 100 years old. Excuse me, almost 100. And uh, they didn't say anything about the music other than they said, pick some old hymns, you know, and that was the era that he grew up in. Okay. well, his kid, one of his kids and his wife came to me privately and they said, you know, honestly, he was embarrassed about this and he didn't need to be. But he said he was embarrassed. He really loved Elvis. And would you play those hymns that he requested, but the Elvis version? And I said, absolutely, I would do that. And he doesn't need to be embarrassed that he loved Elvis. <laughs> and, you know, but uh, I guess that was, his, that was his secret thing he was hiding from people is that he liked a little bit of rock and roll. And that Elvis gospel album, you can get that out there. It's fantastic. Um, and, you know, you can tell it's Elvis. So it's a little bit, you know, it's it's not like you listen to it and you go, now, who is that? You immediately know it's Elvis. All right, but it's it's really great. And obviously Elvis and uh, the situation of his death and stuff uh is very sad, but uh I think he knew the Lord. I hope that he really did, and uh we will find out one day. Whitney Houston, same circumstance, really bad, you know, circumstance there at the end, but unbelievable voice. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Penny in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live.
4: Hi, hi Scott. I called before yeah so, um totally blind um he had the talking about uh heaven well this you know i got in on the tail end yesterday uh for me <laughs> i like the old traditional gospel hymns amazing grace jesus loves me those and i like the choral singing mm. and and then i like um classical music uh i grew up with that i grew up with you know listening to opera i like yeah. <laughs> i like opera so and then uh the Messiah
1: by Handel. Mm-hmm. So that's
4: what that's what I like. That's your
1: that's your best music. All right, Penny. Yeah, thank you. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm glad that you called again, Sharon. Thanks for listening to Southern California Live. Uh, David, uh, welcome to Southern California Live.
5: Hi, Scott. Yes, classical music. When I was four years old,
1: best music. Yesterday, a- yes. Hold on a second. Yesterday, we were asking the question, "What's the best music?" And uh, we didn't even get to all the calls. I told people they could call back today. So go ahead, David. Classical music.
5: Yes, classical music. So when I was four years old, my grandmother gave me her old Vitrola, uh, which played n- nothing at, with a whole series of albums uh, of classical pieces. And I didn't know anything about classical music. All I do is that I play these songs, and they actually stimulated Um, uh, feelings. Mm -hmm. Uh, The way the music was adjusted, there was no words. It's just, just the way the music was adjusted made me feel good at times. There's music that was... Really made me sad sometimes. Yeah. There's music that made me feel imaginative, um, like uh, 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 Ride of the Valkyries.
1: Right. And dun, 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 I started, dun, 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 I
5: started getting into this and, and realizing that it has great mood enhancement. I now find out, having been uh, into a marching band and one, one thing after another. Um, that uh, uh, classical music uh, stimulates um, uh, 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 neurotransmitters in your brain that actually can trigger a feeling of well-being.
1: Yeah, they say it makes you smarter. David, thank you for that. It makes you smarter. Thank Thank you for your call. You know, I encourage people to get involved, you know, at least listen to classical music and get to know What's behind it? My mother was an opera singer, so I grew up with it. I grew up with opera and a lot of classical music. There's a reason that you probably know, um, you know, that if you're thinking of like movie themes that you can remember, it's because they're orchestral. It's because there's something to it that provides that that feeling. That's why you always have a your best soundtracks are typically you know orchestral music. Um, it does something for you. It's funny, he mentioned Ride of the Valkyries. That's dun, 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 How many of you like me right now? When you hear that song, all you can think of is Elmer Fudd, kill the wabbit, kill the wabbit, kill the wabbit. I'm sorry, that's just where it is. And that's how that song is known for me, but it's a great song. Even the Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd had to deal with that. Eight 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 five two. 888-528-2557 888-528-2557 Open Phone Friday uh Mitchell in San Fernando. Welcome to Southern California Live.
7: Hey Scott, how you doing?
1: I'm good Mitchell. How are you today?
7: I'm well. I'm well. God is good. Music is good. So is Looney Tunes. Yeah, beauty. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm actually uh so I want to I wanted to talk change the subject a little bit. Uh, I want to talk about uh some prayer a little praise report, almost a comment on prayer. That's kind of come to my attention Uh, just yesterday in the morning. uh, I was talking with one of my church brothers and uh, he was telling me that he had like the worst toothache. It woke him up at like three in the morning. And uh, uh, I told him, I was like, dang, man, well, uh, uh, I mean, like floss and he was asking for Advil and all that. And I was like, but I'm going to like, above all, I'm going to pray for you, man. And whenever I got in my car right after that, thing is, uh, Christ himself, I believe, he says that, um, I don't know which gospel, but he talks about how we ought to pray and ask as if we have already received it and believe it. And so I started praying, and I started by giving thanks for healing my brother of his toothache. And I said, God, I thank you that he is healed. I thank you that you have given him healing. And I only ask that you make it a quick process. You make it a good process that, that, because he was even thinking about going to the dentist. So I was like, I pray that you don't hurt his pocketbook too much. Mm -hmm. And I kid you not, within an hour, he sends me a text. He goes, Mitch, I don't know if it was the floss, the Advil or the prayer, but I feel like, like great. And I even asked him this morning, I was like, anything, anything pop up? And he was like, nah, dude, it's good. I'm gone. And
1: that, so God is good. That's great. That's why we've got to pray. Um, Mitchell, thank you so much for your call. I got to take a break. He's referring to Mark chapter uh, 11, uh, verses 24 and 25, 24. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours Um, It's not meant to be a, uh, you know, some kind of uh, magic spell. So there's a lot of teaching that should go along with that. But it has to do with your faith. It begins with have faith in God. Jesus says, Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt it in their heart, uh, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. There is a whole lot for that. We got to be careful with you know, if I just believe it a certain way. I've, I've known people, that are trying to convince themselves of belief, and therefore God will answer their prayer. And if you have to convince yourself, then you don't really believe it. You know, belief is something that is, it's for real. You know, I believe my car is in the parking structure by the studio, and that's where I'm going to walk to get it. But if I actually parked it down the street at the coffee shop, uh, then it would be bizarre for me to walk in there. My, it, my belief would be wrong, right? Anyway, it's, that's a much bigger topic, but I am. but never stop praying or believing that God might answer your prayer or that he would answer your prayer. He's going to do it if it's uh, his will. 888-528-2557. It's open phone Friday. I'll be back after uh, these fine words and with the Friday edition of Southern California as we continue in just a moment. Stay tuned.
2: Too nervous to go live on the radio with Scott Furrow? Then share your thoughts on the SoCal Live voicemail at 213- 537 3812
1: That's 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live, open phone Friday. We're taking your calls on any subject that you would like. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. And uh, let's go to Damaris. Uh, Damaris, where are you calling from?
4: I'm calling from Whittier ah. and I just have a qu- a question about prop one. I understand that the governor signed 13 pieces of legislation that would enable a woman to kill her baby after birth 20 days, 20 days after birth <sighs> with no investigation. So I don't understand why prop one, what that does,
1: what's, Different. Sure, I can explain that to you, Damaris. Uh, the government uh, governor signed a bunch of bills. Uh, the bills he signed did not allow uh, a woman to kill the child after birth. What What happened is that was AB twenty two twenty three. If you want to look at it, we talked about that at length earlier this week. Um, there was a word in the the wording of that bill, uh, perinatal, allowing uh, for um, a perinatal. Uh, I want to think about the exact wording. Um, abortion, which is the idea that, that a, a baby could be aborted with perinatal issues. That means after birth, okay? It was changed, actually, because of uh, people like our listeners who called up and said, hey, you can't do that. And they changed okay. it to, say, perinatal issues that occurred uh, in the womb, meaning that the baby might have been injured. There's different reasons, and it, it fixed it a little bit. But what these uh, many of these bills did was they took away... um the ability for any kind of investigation, if you suspect that maybe a person or a doctor might have, might have decided to, um, it's called a, a post post birth abortion to take the life of the kid uh, after the child is born. It, is makes it very limiting as far as authorities to actually investigate. Okay, so it's a lot more complicated than that. Like I said, I went through it earlier in the week. So some of that bill was changed. The worst part of it was changed, but it's still a terrible bill. And then most of the other bills have to do with uh, that. The governor signed this week with strengthening abortion laws uh, in favor of abortion in California. What Proposition 1 is, is it is a bill that would uh, change the state constitution, add a section to the state constitution, okay, that would allow for uh, abortion. Basically, what it's being sold as we're just taking California law and enshrining it in the state constitution. The problem is, is that California law has restrictions for late term abortions. Um, even with what the governor just signed, there's still restrictions. You are actually not allowed to do an abortion after. Uh, the baby has reached viability, which is about 24 weeks, uh, maybe earlier uh, than that. California law currently does not allow late-term abortions unless there is a life-of-the-mother issue or other extreme circumstances. Um, So you couldn't just decide, you know what, I've changed my mind and I don't want to have the baby. You can't do that currently in California law uh, for any reason. What Proposition 1 does, though, is it does not have any restrictions for abortion right up until birth. And that will invalidate California law ultimately um, on Monday. I have an interview with a reporter who is breaking the story on that um, and uh, if you listen to monday's show we 're going to have her on and she 'll explain that uh, in in terms that I think you'll be able to understand. Uh, I also talked about that with Pastor Jack Hibbs uh, earlier this week that interview is available at uh, kkla if you go to uh the website and look for no on prop one there's a lot of information there um about that it's also on kprz.com if you're listening in san diego go to kprz.com click on the no on proposition one banner if you scroll down you'll see the southern california live interview that i did on that subject so the interesting thing is is that most californians do not Uh, approve of late-term abortions, even if you're pro-choice. About 80% of people who are even pro-choice in California do not believe that um, abortion on demand, essentially, should be allowed for late-term abortions. Most people agree with life of the mother or extreme circumstances, um, but most people would deny legally the right to destroy the baby or kill the baby, the unborn child, after uh, the sixth month. Um, The constitutional amendment would allow for that. And then the other things that are we'll we'll go through some of those other things later on on the show. But there's there's a lot going on in our state that um, maybe people don't really understand or know about because we don't pay a lot of attention. This is why we got to pay attention. And I'm of the opinion that if you're this is Prop 1 is not a pro-life or pro-choice issue. Most of us would disagree with it and vote no if we really understood what it's going to do. So you'll hear more about that. That's why our stations are talking about it. Uh, the way it's being presented is not true. It's not simply a codification of current California law. It actually radically changes California law currently. And uh, there's, there's a lot of ramifications to that on even the different sides of the argument. We'll talk about that on Monday's show, so make sure that you can listen on Monday. Um, let's go to Jeff in North County. Jeff, welcome to Southern California Live.
8: Thanks very much. I just wanted to urge our your listeners there to keep saying a prayer that Governor Newsom will veto AB 2098 today. It's his last day, you know, as he's going through all these bills that were passed. And remember, AB 2098 was the bill where it essentially restricts physicians from expressing their, you know, true opinions with respect to uh, medical procedures, uh, you know, guised in the in the saying of, oh, if their advice goes against, you know, general medical consensus, that they could have their licenses revoked. <clears> it's, a, it's a horrible, horrible bill. It's just anti-free speech. It's anti-American, because how do we get the truth? By hearing positive opinions and dissenting opinions, right? And and that's the way we get the truth. And, you know, frankly, a lot of the, you know, with even respect to COVID, a lot of the stuff, some of these, you know, people that were being questioned uh, uh, you know, earlier in the in the pandemic, um, the the CDC has now basically come out and said, "Hey, well, you guys were right after all." You know,
1: there's a lot <laughs> of different things lucky. going on in California right now, and I hate to tell you this, but the bill uh, the bill passed the legislature, so unless the governor vetoes it, he doesn't have yeah, to do anything. He yeah. doesn't have to do anything; it'll become law. Yeah, Um,
8: that's right. So that's what I'm saying. Let's let's say a prayer that he'll veto it today.
1: All right. Well, I'm not Um, not as familiar, thank you, Jeff, for your call, with some of the details of that. There's actually so many of these bills that have uh, gone through. But what's a little bit frightening – not a little bit, it's a lot frightening – the idea – and we'll do a show on this maybe later next week also – the idea that there's a lot of things where if you have a a conscientious objection as a doctor to doing that procedure, okay, some of them have to do with – uh, transgender care for minors, uh, including uh, surgeries where you remove breasts or other parts. Um, if you have a conscientious objection to things like that, um, or even abortion or other things, they the the laws where they're coming down is to not protect your rights necessarily, and there have they're probably going to be found unconstitutional ultimately because you do have a a constitutional right to object to moral things. Uh, And to also have your own um, doctoral opinion. You know, I I want my doctor to have the freedom. You know, if my doctor is treating me and my doctor is pressured politically or uh, financially or some other reason to prescribe one way of treatment for me. But in the back of his mind, he thinks that's wrong or he thinks they should try something else I want him to try something else, or I want him to be able to express his concerns. I want him to say, no, I think this is for you the wrong way of treatment. Uh, the, the frustrating thing with a lot of these bills is the ramifications are on a whole lot of things that, that doctors or nurses won't be able to actually express their medical opinion on a lot of issues, not just the most controversial ones, but a lot of different things. It's a It's a really big deal. So another reason to be praying uh for our government that they would not be successful in things that they had changed their mind that our leaders that you know you should pray that Gavin Newsom uh doesn't sign bills that are bad uh for uh, medicine and other things. All right friends, we had a lot of conversation today, a lot of topics. Biggest topic I think of the day is that very topic of prayer. Why we need to pray for our government, why we need to pray for our leaders. It's not so that they're successful in doing bad things or doing things poorly. We want to pray that they do an excellent job and ultimately that they would turn to Christ and ask God for wisdom, that they would change their mind where their mind needs to be changed, and that they would do things that is right for the people of uh, our state and our country. So I want to encourage you to be in prayer and to be uh, involved and to realize that we definitely are citizens of this country. We have a opportunity to vote soon. Um, But first and foremost, we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. And as Jesus told Pilate, people who are on the side of truth, listen to Jesus. So listen to Jesus for everything, my friends. That's what we need to do as followers of Jesus. Be concerned about the disciple-making role that he has given us, which is the greatest endeavor ever, that we can let other people know about Jesus Christ and the hope that we have in him. That's where our hope is. Our hope is not in the government. We hope our government does well, but our hope is not in the government. We pray for them that they do well. Our hope is in Christ. I'm out of time for today. God bless you. I hope you have a fantastic weekend. I'm Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live. We'll see you next week. God bless.